Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Broadcast Podcast. I'm Raish, and as usual, I'm joined today by my lovely, lovely co-host, Pranav. What's up, what's up, what's up? And we got Charvin. What's up? Holy. We are back in business, <laughs> baby. Back in business, baby. All right, so uh, without further ado, let's just get into this week's Weekly Rewind. Yo, yo, yo! What's up? How are you guys? How are you lads? Good. Fine gentlemen. Fine gentlemen. Well, I like that. How was your day? Pretty good, good pretty good. good. Love to hear it, love to hear it. Um, Alright, so, first news for this week is Justin Bieber's concert is uh, gonna come to Malaysia oh. soon, October this year. Everyone's relevant. All the yeah, fangirls are hype. I'm pretty sure the tickets are gonna run like the whole thing is gonna be done. The website is gonna crash. It's gonna be shambles. Um, I think the <laughs> tickets are gonna be available March 31st. So. Any Justin Bieber fans out there listening to this episode, make sure to keep an eye on that. And then the next news, it's a bit an uh, interesting one. Crypto.com, as we all know. Do, do you know about it, Rashman? I know what Crypto.com is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we all know what FIFA is, right? World yep. Cup, like the biggest event, pod event. Normally, you know, we are, we are just so used to seeing uh, FIFA's, like, World Cup's official sponsors like McDonald's or Coca-Cola. Pepsi. Right? Oh, yeah, I know. Pepsi or something. Like, like I mean, that's 100%. just the normal, that's just the normal official sponsors, right, for right. Uh, yeah. World Cup. This time, however, this year's World Cup, Crypto.com is the official sponsor. Damn. Hmm. A new twist, mad. a new, yeah. So, I guess crypto is the future, boys. Yeah, crypto is the future. You're right. Damn, that's like I'm. I'm thinking right now, like how much impact that's gonna have. How many people watch FIFA? Mm-hmm. You're right. How many people that aren't like into crypto watch FIFA and they think like, you know, what if I invest? Right. Like, and then, like, and the how many currency... young people are gonna get on it? How many old people are gonna get on it? Just right. Oh, I want. Like, you know what? I actually wonder how that would shift the crypto, like the 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 exchange. Like, how do you think? Hard. Like, it's so thousands. it's gonna be so expensive. It's gonna it's gonna yeah. be so expensive to the point. It's not gonna be so expensive. Like, okay, it's gonna be expensive. All the coins right now that are big, that are gonna rise as fuck. Right, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, they are gonna rise as fuck. Bitcoin. Because because you know when people go, people who don't know, right? The first beginning, they're gonna invest in the safest ones. Bitcoin, Ethereum, shit like that, right? Yeah. Right. Ascad, whatever. And then um if you like think about it, um if so many people invest in those, then like, you know, those values are gonna fucking rise. But then all others like, you know, slowly will rise as well. And then the time of like I think we're shifting into a like a, uh, 
future in which like all trading is done by crypto hmm. right so i wouldn't be surprised in what like that's, 50 that's years 60 years right pasa so malams are going to accept it. <laughs> like everything's going to rise and then people are going to buy 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 and then it's going to be like a exchange thing right so many places accept it's already some... there's literally a Tom, can you imagine Can you imagine, like, you go to your roadside national, <laughs> you want to get a, like, just one national, and they they only accept, uh, like, what Bitcoin trade. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have Bitcoin to buy national. That's gonna be crazy, man. Honestly, so I think, <laughs> I think if anyone was wondering if they should get on crypto, I think now is really a good time before the World Cup actually start. Yeah, before FIFA. Yeah. Because when it starts, I think it's just going to be a, just a big wave of like new market opening up for crypto. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how the whole crypto thing is going to go. So I guess uh, that's it for that. And the last news for this is uh, is a bit of a messed up one, a controversial one, and it's local. So get ready for this. Uh, we all know Trangano, right? Pranub, do you know what Trangano is? No idea. So it's basically a state in Malaysia, like KL, Sangor, oh, 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 Penang. I call it, I call it Terengal, but yeah, okay, I know that. Right, Terengal. Yeah, it's a state. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> so yeah, it's a state where I guess it's a fairly big state. I'm not sure about the whole geography of it, but anyways. Uh, I think in the parliament, recently, um, a politician obviously has said this interesting statement. Uh, the Trangano state would not ban child marriages because love is like the ocean. Wait, okay, is that the the statement that they made, or are you like talking it up and like? Uh, no, like... that that the whole thing is. What they said directly quoted, in including that love is like an ocean. Thing. Love is like the ocean. Yes, I I front of did you see my Instagram story yesterday? Yeah, yeah, I know. I saw about it like a lot of people. Yeah, the uh, the moment I saw that, I was baffled. Like, what? Surely not. Well, what does it mean? Love is like an ocean. I still don't get it. Love is like an ocean. I've always heard love is like the air. love is in the air. That's all I've heard. Yeah. I've heard. Love is why, 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 why does that relate with like how does it relate with child marriage i don't get it exactly love is like the ocean i do i don't i don't think before going to that they won't ban child marriage <laughs> that that alone that you're going to give such, well, if you're give such love a hard is like the mountain good news it looks so bad on <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it was like a it fucking good news, sense. like, hey, like, uh, Turing, whatever state, accepts, like, LGBT rights now, right? And then because love Ooh, is like, that would oh, be shit, great. <laughs> right? That would be so fucking cool. Ooh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. They accept child marriages, but they still don't accept LGBT. That's a controversy exactly. to yeah. talk about for a different Please, day. Well, that was what I was about to say, yeah. Hmm, interesting, interesting. So, Actually, yeah. no, not so, interesting. It's kind of messed up. <laughs> I guess mm, some Malaysian states are just evolving backwards, I guess. 
we we can't do anything honestly we just have to like at this point you can't even like actually feel sad or anything you just laugh right. like you expect this from politicians in malaysia right yeah and then, i mean uh, you, you I can't think, expect any good thing coming out of their ass like yeah as as messed up this is i think the best part about this thing is seeing the reply of people in social media for to this whole news right the amount of new, um, the amount of times laughed is i saw like so many comments like um so i'm interested in your mother and wife can i marry them love is like the ocean <laughs> and then what uh no wonder the ocean is polluted if love is like the ocean <laughs> and then everyone was like bro i want to ma- i want to marry your mother and like everyone just just everyone just they're just giving their opinions out and this just and then everyone was talking about how lgbt still you know looked at one yeah. kind of this one perspective when they are literally like this is like an opening song for pedophile yeah and that itself i don't think uh, applies with like the the law right yeah so why and obviously LGBT? there are still some there are still some people uh, who do support this thing, even though i just don't know why people support this. I mean do to be fair there's a demographic for everything not going to lie like no you 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 want to support it just just say you're a pedo <laughs> yep yep you're right they are saying they are saying oh in this religion um this god allows us to love anyone we want and younger ones are like more preserved or some shit i saw that i was like what nah you know what i'm good I'm done. No thanks. So yeah. Uh I guess the world is evolving in a good way with all this crypto stuff but I think Malaysia is just going to evolve backwards. Yep. Hopefully we don't see any more news like this after this in weekly rewind. I think that's it for this week. Hope you all have a good day. I'm not having a good day after the news. Uh see you. Okay. Bye. All right. So, uh moving away from whatever it was we talked about in weekly one, it's kind of weird in my opinion, but moving away from that, let's talk about today's topic. Today's topic is uh I would say very scientific, or I mean not very scientific, but like relatively scientific compared to the topics that we've been talking about for the past few episodes. So, In this episode of broadcast we are going to be talking about the basics of biology or like the starting points of biology. So wait before anything like sure. quick question is this episode mm-hmm. going to traumatize me? I'm not actually sure like this this episode is meant to be somewhat scientific but like whether or not it traumatizes you is based on which direction this episode goes and <laughs> Like All right, this is going to be kind of weird, but this episode wasn't really planned out in my head. Like I know that's like crazy, you know. I plan out every episode in my head, 
before coming on here, but this episode wasn't really. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so let's just start off, right? Let's start off with uh, what is the basic building block of life? Not the basic building block, but like what is the smallest form of life, let's say? The smallest form of life, bro. That's too much for us. That's too much to ask for. <laughs> Dude, this deep. is the first question. <laughs> that's damn deep, bro. It's too deep, man. <laughs> we just start. <laughs> okay, so like... right, let me answer this. Like, Let me answer this question for you guys, okay? The, the smallest form of life to most people would basically be a cell, okay? Right. Yeah. Yeah, a cell, okay? It doesn't matter what kind of cell. There's cells of different sizes and whatnot. But cells, uh, they come in the smallest forms. So those are the smallest forms of life, okay? It's nucleotides. Um, nucleotides is the smallest form of life. I mean, nucleotides aren't really alive. That's the thing. Like, when defining life, you have right. to you have to like think about what life is and what Chromosome, like, what constitutes something for being alive. DNA isn't alive. DNA isn't alive either. But like, okay, what is the point? Like, we've talked about this in the ship of Theseus and stuff like that, and like a lot of this like philosophical stuff. But there's so much not life inside of living things. What at what point? Does all this not life become oh, life? Yeah. Like you have DNA, That's you have deep, enzymes, bro. and all this, <laughs> and you have all this. But like, at what point does all this not life become life? Because I mean, you guys would say, right? Like, you're alive. If I'm not wrong, wait, right? dude, yeah. dude, I'm thinking about this fucking meme from YouTube. Remember this? Three kids talking about Fortnite. <laughs> That's us right now. <laughs> like talk about biology. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they know what you're talking. About. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you right. We're talking about that with biology right now. <laughs> right, but we're so deep. Okay, dude. so we literally just started, and we're already this deep. My god. <laughs> Okay, so what constitutes something for being alive when, like, we're just made up of not living things? So, you, Pranav, you said nucleotides before, right? But nucleotides right. themselves aren't alive. So, then you moved on to a higher level of nucleotides, so DNA and chromosomes and stuff like that. But those things right. are still not alive. Even RNA is not alive. And RNA is the constitute that makes up, like, the, the half portion of... DNA, like half portion of DNA that actually goes on to like create proteins and all that, right, and it right, itself can fold and form and like proto enzymes basically. Right. So, right. like, but even that is not alive. So, at what point does a cell start being alive and not not no, alive? Fact... Right. Right. No, but it just no, that's just enzymatic reaction. I was thinking like, if RNA moves. Isn't that mm-hmm. like, but it moves because of like, it's uh, it, like, there's like a structure that makes it move to that point. 
to, to not just that, but in the the bare basic forms of life that don't even have these like uh what do you call them like uh skeletal proteins and stuff like that. Right. They the RNA literally just moves by diffusion or like currents right. inside of the cell. Right. Like it doesn't even move on its own. So like it's you can't even say about, the bat it's crazy to think about how like they move but like it's just they're not alive at the same time. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that move and are not alive, and you can just see that, like a dead leaf floating underwater, it can move on its own, right? The wind pushes it or whatever. But like, in the level of, oh, this makes up something that is alive, but it itself is not alive, so how how am I supposed to define this, right? Right, right. I mean, at this point in time, even scientists are not sure where the divide is, or where the, like, the the turning point is. Because right. you can't tell. Right. Literally, you cannot tell. You can have the bare basics of, like, DNA, and, like, what constitutes, uh, like, essential genes for DNA. Like, we know the essential genes for DNA, mm-hmm. but we still can't answer the question of where's the divide between not life and life. We know that viruses are not technically alive but like the divide between virus and a cell or virus and a bacteria there's like a very small divide like like a relatively very small divide between a virus and a bacteria so what makes a bacteria alive but a virus not alive super super interesting questions but like i think this one since we can't answer it right let's just move on from this okay because this is something i i don't think we will be able to answer like uh uh, structures that make it alive. They don't have like it doesn't. And shit. Yeah, it doesn't. But exactly. what it does what have is it does have DNA. Yeah, Bro. but like a, a bacteria could be similar in the sense that Virus have it RNA, transfers. Right? They don't have DNA. They can have DS DNA as well. They can have DNA. Oh. They have RNA. They have they DS have DNA? RNA. DS DNA. Oh, shit, some some be... viruses are DNA viruses. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, let let's move away from this because it's an unanswerable question. It's a Bro, like, in I my mind, it's unanswerable. Right. <laughs> it's okay. Let like if you don't if you don't understand anything at any point, right? You can ask us questions. We can try to explain to you so that you right. understand what we don't understand. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, once again, I'm saying, let's move away from this part and let's just move to another part that is kind of deep as well. Because what differentiates a bacteria from a human cell? I think, Pranav, you know this answer quite well. Right. Are you going to answer it? <laughs> Wait, I thought Tarvin was answering. Bro, what's going on? Sorry. So, I, thought, water. I thought, no, no, no. I thought Rachel said like, Hey, front of you know this answer, but let's give Charvin a try or something like that. I was thinking. He's oh, oh, that. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure, the question. Sorry. Was... <laughs> okay, so what what is what is the main difference, right? What is the main difference between a bacteria cell and a human cell? I think this is like like prime, not bacteria primary school, but like secondary school. Human cell. Yeah, secondary right. school biology. So you should should know it. Well. I'm pretty sure we all know I didn't I didn't listen 
to anything in school. <laughs> so, uh, uh, bacteria. Bacteria is is like mold. Okay, right. they have they have they have uh, <laughs> nucleus. Right. Human is human. We are human. <laughs> Okay, okay, Charlie. Like okay, yes, okay, okay. Charlie, 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 we got the answer. We got the answer, Charlie. <laughs> Bacteria is not alive. It doesn't feel shit. I hope. It does. It does. It feels shit, bro. It does. So it does. It does. Okay. So okay, it has a nucleus. Okay, but another like defining characteristic between the difference between a a bacterial cell and a human cell or like an animal cell or whatever is that we have uh what is called organelles inside right. of us like specific organelles that are called double membrane bound organelles and what these these are is uh organelles that carry out specific like basically machines that carry out specific things within the cell that are bound by two layers of membrane instead of one. Quite like normal to understand because the cell has its own membrane and now there's this thing inside of the cell that has uh, two membranes. It, just yeah. think of it that way. Yeah. Okay? It's a machine that has two casings mm. around it. Okay? Let's, let's say now give an example. Mm. Mitochondria. Everyone knows about yeah, mitochondria. The powerhouse of the cell. The cell yeah. Powerhouse <laughs> of the cell, mitochondria. I know that. Yeah. I think it's the one kind of uh, is the one kind of thing that you you look at a photo and you can hear it you can hear it in your head. So yeah, the mitochondria, uh, the powerhouse of the cell, is a double membrane-bound organelle. Okay. So what what's so special about these things? Like what is what is the, the what is the defining feature of this that makes it special compared to other organelles like ribosome or rough endoplasmic reticulum or whatever. Uh, it's the fact that it's double membrane bound and it has its own DNA. Right. So what Wait, does that it has mean? Its own DNA. It has its own DNA. Okay. That's, so what does that mean? Rachman, that's the beginning. That's 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 the smallest form of life. The mitochondria? Yeah. Not not really, okay. Here, here's the thing. The mitochondria itself is not alive, okay? But let me explain to you, like, why it's so important to understand why the mitochondria is double membrane bound and why it has its own DNA, okay? okay. The mitochondria, okay, in the early, early stages of life, okay, okay. everything was unicellular, everything couldn't congregate, everything couldn't, uh, couldn't get any larger than it is because it lacked the ability to create energy, okay? Uh-huh. The mitochondria came in, and I'm not going to get into how it came in first, I'll get into that in a tiny bit, but when the mitochondria came in, it was, as, it, as it's, it's, it's like catchphrase implies, it was the powerhouse of the cell, providing the cell with enough energy to do whatever it wanted. And that became the relatively dominant form of life today. Like relative is very much relative because you have trees and stuff that are all uh, what we call eukaryotic cells and 
these these cells are just these kind of cells that have mitochondria they have uh, chloroplasts and all that like these double membrane bound organelles but what is so special about these is how the mitochondria entered the cell so you have this cell this big cell okay relatively large cell okay and what cells normally have to do is they have to consume other things to get their energy get their nutrients so on and so forth right it's pretty normal to, to understand. I mean, you do the same thing with food as well. When you eat food, you get the energy and nutrients from the food and you go on, right? So here comes the thing. This big cell ate another cell, okay? And for some reason, some random reason, okay, it did not digest that cell. Okay, and because mm. it did not digest that cell, it created a closed ecosystem within that own cell that allowed that new cell, okay, let's call this an M cell, okay, for M for mitochondria, okay, this M cell that's inside this big cell, okay, this M cell was able to do whatever it wanted, okay, and I mean whatever it wanted, so it was given nutrients. It was given uh, like things to create other forms of itself. It was create like give. It was given everything. Okay, it was given a supply of nutrients, supply of water, supply of whatever. Okay, so what it had to do in turn was all it had to do was focus on energy production. Okay, that's how the mitochondria mm -hmm. was born. Okay, and over the years of evolution and evolution and evolution. And it just gets to the point where it is, at what we are now, the most efficient form of energy production. Right. 38 so, ATP, bro. 38. 38 ATP, man. And that might not seem like a lot, but that's 38 ATP per cycle. And it's having thousands of thousands of cycles per second. If not millions of cycles per second. Right. So let's get back to how the mitochondria got me. It got eaten, basically, but not digested, okay? So here's something to think about. That was a random event that only happened once in the entire lifetime of Earth. Once. Okay? So this is the single most rare thing, the single rarest thing that has happened to life, full stop. Okay? Uh -huh. So now, let's think about extraterrestrial life. If it is that rare on Earth, where the conditions are basically perfect, okay? Uh -huh. How would extraterrestrial life would it even be possible for them to have life as large as Earth? Just a random Yeah. Thing. But think Literally about it, the universe is eight. so big. The universe yeah, is so big. Yeah, like... There's definitely another chance there could be another one, another like... It's like, maybe, maybe fucking radiation hit that fucking Language. thing. Sorry, but yeah. Radiation? Yeah, I don't know. Remember Veritasium video? Maybe Which like one? A... There's a lot. 
when like uh the rays from the UV uh radiation from the UV light hit like the computer and then uh it flipped the digits something like that. Is mm -hmm. Maybe that happened and then that could happen any other time. But it's crazy to think about it don't happen once. Because the radiation mm -hmm. is like literally all the time. There surely has to be aliens, bro. Or like any life forms. You know what? I'm thinking the okay. same thing. The universe is at least so in like what massive. we see basically infinite, you know? Right. Like And it just keeps expanding as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the fact that it's expanding. It's just the fact that we can't see or, like, we can't get to the edge of the universe. And that, in my eyes, basically means that, okay, yeah, universe infinite. Like, yeah. if you can't get to the end of a... Like, if you're at a race, okay, and that finish line is something you can't see and you're just running forward, okay, and they tell you, okay, you need to get to that finish line, but you don't see that finish line, how far is that finish line? It's infinitely far away, okay? No matter how fast you run, no matter how much closer you get to that finish line, you cannot see that finish line. It's infinitely far away. So I'm, like, in my mind, what the universe is, is it's infinitely large. It's so infinite, yeah. in an infinitely large universe, there's an infinite number of possibilities that you will be able to have life more than once. But then yep. comes the question, how rare is it? Or is it... Is it even rare for this to happen? Or is it just rare because of the circumstances on Earth? Mm. Like, what if there's a different form of life? What if, okay, we think of ourselves as beings that are efficient in our habitats, okay? So we are able to produce energy. We are able to do, we are able to proliferate life in the, like, the most efficient way in our minds, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. What if there's an alien species out there, okay, that has a more efficient way of, like, energy production? Like, as we were saying before, the mitochondria is built for efficiency, right? Well, what right. if there's an alien species out there that has a much more efficient mitochondria? And we couldn't evolve that because of our, like, our situation on Earth. This is the kind of brain food that, like, gets me going, you know? Bro, the thing is, either if we are the only ones in this universe, that's great, that's scary as hell, or we have someone else, that's also damn scary. That's also damn scary, because I think, I think, uh, Charvin, you know about the Fermi paradox, right? I think so. It's the, it's, the, it's the paradox of, like, uh, are we the only species in, on, in this universe? Or, yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah. yeah. And the great filters theory for the Fermi paradox. Oh, yeah, the great filter. Like, All right. <laughs> if we are the only ones, like, if we are the only ones in the universe, that means there has to be a, like, Sorry, I'm burping. <laughs> I, I ate lunch like, quite recently and it's all like coming out now. <laughs> I, I mean, not lunch, dinner, sorry. Okay, so filters, right? Great filters. Where was I? Okay, so great filters. You have these filters that life has to pass through 
in order to get to the next stage of life. So yeah. uh, the first filter that uh, could be there is uh, the development of the cell membrane. Okay, so the first cell membrane had to have these phospholipid bilayers congregate and cause this circle to happen, basically. Okay, the next one could be the formation of DNA or RNA. Okay, next one could have been uh, ingesting of the mitochondria. Next one, so on, so on, so on. And then you get to the point where we are at now. Okay, and to pass the next filter is the most difficult challenge, okay? All the alien species before you, okay, they could have been wiped out by each filter. And each filter, what it is, is it's basically an event that will happen that will cause that species or cause that, like, life form to not be able to pass into the next phase of evolution. So... For us on Earth, we've been able to pass through a lot of filters that got us to the point that we are at now, including several mass extinctions. Mm -hmm. But alien life could not have had that. Okay? They could have more great like, filters than us. They, they could have, have had more great filters than us. No. Yeah. But, okay, here, here's what's scary about the Fermi paradox, okay? It says that if, there, if we are the only form of life, okay, that means we have passed thousands of filters, hundreds of or thousands of filters, okay? And we have come on top. And all a lot of the alien civilizations that came, like, that didn't pass the filters, they died out, okay, basically. And we are the only ones left, okay? So the scary thing is there is a filter in front of us that means that no alien species or any species is able to pass. If we are the only ones there, any species that try to move forward in that filter mm -hmm. die. What filter is Just that? think about that for a second. I'm not sure what filter that could be. That could be a species that like okay, think about it, think about it this way, okay? You have keys to a hallway, like a hallway of doors, one after the other, okay? Mm -hmm. And each door you open, there is a challenge behind that door, okay? Right. And every door you go through, you have to complete that challenge in order to get the key to the next door, okay? As you get further and further and further, you get the keys, okay? And now you think to yourself, if I open the next door, how difficult is the challenge going to be? Because mm -hmm. from what I experienced before, the challenges got progressively harder and harder, mm -hmm. okay? until I was almost unable to complete the challenge from the right. previous room, okay? Right. So if I use this key right now to open the door in front of me, how certain am I that I am going to be able to complete this challenge? Right, if you don't, you okay? die. If I don't complete this challenge, I die, okay? This is or my evolutionary game, lineage. This is a fucking screwed game. This is good game. Oh. This is good game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Life think about it that way. Guys. Okay? Think about it. <laughs> yeah. So now, what could be behind that door in front of you right now? What could be behind that door in front of you? So let's say, okay, the universe is really old. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
like really, really old. So life could have had time to develop and whatnot. So there could have been a life form, okay, that passed all the filters that you were at, passed all of them, okay, and then passed the filter that you are about to pass, okay, and pass more filters and more filters, and they become the highest, like the most intelligent, most advanced species in the universe, okay. Now, what is their goal? Are they like Star Trek, where they're just trying to be peaceful? Or are they like the Empire from Star Wars, trying to be aggressive? And if it's the latter, well, they themselves could be the great filter in front of us. Yeah. Think about it, think about it, okay? If I have a super advanced species, okay? that doesn't want to be thrown off the top of the food chain, basically, or the intellect chain. Mm -hmm. They will have to destroy or kill or subdue anyone that tries to like come up to their level. They've passed thousands of filters, way more than any other species on this in this universe. Okay? So any species that passes that last filter that we're at right now, gets eradicated by that super intelligent uh, alien species. Isn't that scary? Isn't that horrifying? Right. Yeah. What if? A filter could, yeah, what I feel if, like a filter could like happen anytime. Like anytime. If, it could be like one the, of those uh, more of those starts, every humanity gets wiped out by nukes. Like every country yeah. just starts, that's the filter. We are gone. That's it. That's it the could, filter where it could our... even be something that we can't see. Our... Could yeah. even be something that we can't see. It could be a gamma ray burst that happens thousands, millions of light years away from us, and it's just hurdling its way to us at this very moment at the speed of light. So you can't even like you can't even like predict that it would happen because it's traveling at the speed of light. Once it once you predicted that it happened, it's already killed you. Basically, these kind of gamma ray bursts are like another possible filter that uh, like Fermi paradox people are like trying to explain. These, these great filters, there has to be something that is stopping us would, from being able to see it, other life. I, I, I kind of feel like what dinosaurs went through was like a filter for them. Does that make sense? It is. It is, it is. Yeah. Like from and them and once, the asteroids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The filters are something that life has to pass through. Not all forms of life has to pass through it. There could have been a great filter. Like if we pass this great filter and like ninety nine point nine nine percent of life dies on Earth. Okay, that point zero zero one percent of life that is still on Earth. That is life passing that filter, and it can evolve and so on. Mm, right. But that highly depends on what you classify the filter as. Okay? Yeah. So what I would classify the next filter as, what I at least, is interplanetary travel. So we are making moves as a civilization. Oh, yeah. Move from one planet yeah, to another. Right. And right. then after 
the, the next are... stage would be intergalactic travel and all that. All right. No, inter yeah, interplanetary travel, interstellar travel, and then intergalactic travel. Yeah. So. So yeah, progress. Here's stages. the thing. Yeah, you progress in stages. So, what if? Even the dinosaurs had that same thinking, interplanetary travel, okay? And for the dinosaurs to have passed that stage, they would have had to have interplanetary travel be successful, which, right. as we know, they couldn't have done because they're freaking dinosaurs. Right. They didn't have, like, I mean, maybe they did, but I don't know. But like, you know, there's no record of a dinosaur being able to build a, a rocket, right? Right. <laughs> Okay, so our basically why we want to move to Mars. Okay, why do we want to move to Mars? Why do we want to terraform Venus or something like that? Okay, but here's the right, questions. Right. Why? Okay, Charvin, why do you think we want to go to Mars? Charvin's out of the call. Oh, jeez, I didn't even realize. <laughs> I don't know. What happened? I don't know. Maybe it's internet or something. Uh. Okay, okay. So Pranav, right? right? Why do you think we want to travel to different planets? Uh, I think it just that's the intergalactic like um, like the filter that we're trying to pass. No, I just mean like interplanetary. So just like disregard the filters thing for now. Just like the question, right? Right. Why? Why would you want to go to a different planet? To explore. We have like all humans are curious. We want to explore. We want to conquer. Yeah, we want. To, we want to just travel. Welcome back, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just connected. Like it'll be cool to say. Bro, I'm going to the the new pyramid, new Sunway uh, Mall that they built in the new planet beside us. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go yeah. watch Batman in the new planet, bro. It'll be so cool, and we are just Batman Mars humanity. Yeah. Humanity just wants to explore. We just want to find out, and especially when mm-hmm. it comes to universe and all that, we know for sure we are not going to find out everything. So we are like, striving to find out whatever there is that we can under our capabilities. Yeah. And it makes so much, like, it makes absolute sense what you guys are talking about, because, like, even the Curiosity Rover, right, or, or what, what is the new one that's up there, Perseverance or something? Right. Is it Perseverance? I think Perseverance. I think it's Perseverance. Okay. Yeah. So, even the Mars rovers that are up there, they are basically trying to explore the ground. They're trying to uh, map the terrain. They're trying to find evidence of life, possibility of evidence of life, stuff like that. And... That's the exploration factor of like why we want to move to Mars. But there's another factor. Okay, there's another important factor that like it's kind of grim if you think about it in in the in its full context. If we move to Mars, okay, or if half of the population moves to Mars and they proliferate and we get back to the same amount of people that uh, are on both planets. Okay? So like let's say seven uh what is that, almost eight billion people on both planets, okay. By the way, eight billion is a lot of people. I'm just, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> like, bro, people really have. Sure I don't think condoms, man. 
I would I would think a four four million people on each planet would be like a good like a good amount of people. <laughs> like just for sustainability reasons, yeah. Right. So here's the thing, okay? The great filter could be something that is only possible if you have more than one planet available. For example, okay, let's say you have Okay, let's say this is uh, a hypothetical thing, but there's 7 billion people, again, on both planets, okay? Right. Now let's, like, let's plink an asteroid okay, off of the asteroid belt and just chuck it at Earth, okay? Right. How many people, how many people would die there? 7 billion. Depends on the size of the asteroid, right? Let's say dinosaur killing asteroid. Yeah, we're wiped. Well, white, right? Right. So, if you had Mars and Earth, okay, if you had if you had Earth alone, seven billion people would have died. It's almost eight billion people would have died. Okay? Right. Now, let's say you had Mars and Earth, okay, and there's about eight billion people on both on each planet, okay, and you plink that asteroid once again. And it hits Earth, okay? Right. How many people would die then? About 8 billion as well, right? Right. It's the exact same, uh, like, bunch of events, so on and so forth. But that is 50% of the population of humans gone, instead of 100% of the population of humans gone. Right. If you think about it that way, we have just passed one of the largest filters possible. Oh shit. Okay. Oh shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now think about terraforming yeah. Venus and doing the same thing there. Okay. Now you have three planets available for your disposal. Okay. Plink an asteroid once again to Earth. That's only thirty-three percent of the population killed. Hey, can it you have another six like Mars now like <laughs> but that that could be just one of the great filters. Another possible great filter is the population itself. Okay, like Pranab was talking about before. I think you talked about like oh, four billion people per planet would be a better option than seven or eight billion. Like half right. of people right. would be a lot better, right? right? Let's say the starting foundation of planetary travel. Okay, you send. 4 billion people up to Mars and 4 billion people stay on Earth, okay? Right. Obviously, families stay together, whatnot, so on. But now let's think, okay? Let's think, let's think critically and rationally here, okay? Mm-hmm. How much energy would you need for 8, million, 8 billion people? A lot of energy, right? Right. Right. How much energy would you need for 4 billion people? Half, Half of the energy. Half of that, right? How much yeah. food would you need for 8 billion people? A lot of food. How much food would you need for 4 billion people? Half that. Half that. Same question, but with land. How much land would you need for 8 billion people? A lot. And food? I mean, like land for 4? Less. Half. Half of that. So. 
you are making a much more sustainable, eco-friendly Earth if there is less people per planet. You're dividing the amount of people per planet Mm -hmm. by half and making that whole place much more sustainable. We are living in a population excess. There's too many people on Earth at this point, basically. Right. Okay. And moving half of them to a different planet and having them able to sustain themselves there, you have mm-hmm. two ecosystems that are balanced. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're not releasing too much carbon dioxide. You're not taking up too much land for food. You're not having too little space for houses. So many of these challenges that we're experiencing now can be solved when interplanetary travel is feasible and like efficient think about that right elon daddy please man (laughs) (laughs) but obviously it doesn't come without its challenges right mars is a horrible ecosystem at this point in time the ground is radioactive the sky is trying to kill you the air is toxic micro dust fragments can like mess up your machinery There are dust storms that can blind you instantaneously. So many things that have to be changed on a different planet to suit your needs. Mm -hmm. And then there comes an ethical dilemma. Okay. What if there is life on that planet? What if by terraforming it to suit your needs, your increased oxygen atmosphere, your decreased radiation levels, your uh, soil like what is it so nutrient contents what if changing those kills the creatures that are on that planet Mm. you have just killed like morally you have just killed something that you have been looking for you've killed another form of life that is not we were we're, uh, we're first looking at life as right now too right so yeah, like, if we, I think we searched enough for life. I don't think there's life on Mars. The thing is, like, you can never be too put, sure like, because we, by the time we change everything, like the soil or whatever, like the air and shit, we're, we're like <laughs> be pretty confirmed. Like there's no life on life on Mars. We would have searched so much by that point. But are you sure about that? Because think about it, like, like really critically think about it. How certain are you? that the bed that you're sleeping on right now or the chair that you're sitting on right now or the table that's in front of you Uh doesn't have any life on it. How certain are you of that? Uh, Yeah. Um, Pretty certain. Doesn't have any life on it. I mean, like... Bro, shit like this just makes me sad. No, like, for example, <laughs> my, my, like, there's atom, atoms moving everywhere. Yeah, you're right. That, that, I mean, that's, is that life? That's not a living thing. You're, you're not right, that's thing. not a living right. thing. Right. Oh. There's gas blowing. There's are you like... sure that there's no, are you sure that there's no bacteria on your table? There no is fungus on your that. table? I'm talking about is like the wooden chair itself, like the table itself. No, the chair itself, that's a different thing. But what uh, is on those surfaces? Yeah, How certain are you that those are there's, there's definitely hundreds, literally millions of bacteria. Exactly. So, 
what is stopping that from being the same kind of things on that different planet? <sighs> like even the even the curiosity rover or like whatever rover is up there right now, okay, they have ability to sample life, but only at certain scales. You can't see that there is microbacteria or funguses like certain fungus types that are there on the micro level. They can only see at up to a certain scale. So even if there was life on those surfaces that have adapted to those climates, adapted to those environmental factors, you wouldn't, or at least I'm not actually 100% sure if they're able to go into the microbiology, like microbiology, biological level, but like you no, wouldn't but I think be we're fully for certain. like release of chemicals. That's what we do. We don't see if there's like a fucking mushroom going or not. We see if there's yeah, like, you're right, you're right. We see mushroom going on Mars, <laughs> Like we see like, like uh, chemical reaction happening. Like for example, some gas is produced or something like that. Which mm. has the pH mm-hmm. and stuff like that to see like if there is any mm-hmm. form of life that can exist there. That's how we're searching for right. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why uh, Europa or was it Europa? I think not. Not Europa. I think Titan. Titan, a moon of Mars. Uh, Saturn, sorry. Right. Uh, actually has methane lakes, and uh, just to think about the fact that it's got methane lakes, a flammable hydrocarbon. Okay. Uh-huh. That <laughs> a flammable hydrocarbon that is normally in the gas state in our planet. Is now in liquid state on that moon. It's just weird to think about. But also, methane is a byproduct of a lot of chemical reactions that happen in our body. So it's possible that some form of life could be on Europa or Titan. Right? So, like, it's really interesting to think about like, like extraterrestrial life as it always is. Extraterrestrial life is such an interesting topic. But there comes a whole slew of like ethical dilemmas where if you don't, like you cannot, there's no such thing as researching too much when it comes to things like this, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you can send people up there, send them, send as much people you want there as you want, but have them research as much as possible to find out whether there is actually life on those planets. Because these microfunguses and all that, they might leave a, like, they might be able to leave a life signature on the planet. For example, like, producing carbon dioxide or producing methane or whatnot. Like, these, like, little life signatures. But because they're in such small quantities or colonies and such, like, whatnot, it's possible that, like, you just walk over it without noticing and this is a form of life that if it goes unnoticed, what we've been searching for for decades, basically. Mm. We've just, we've basically just left our research behind, you know, like we've given up on it. But we're still searching for bacteria and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And that that is good. Like, we're searching, making sure that if there is no life, 
we will be able to terraform it to our benefits. Right. And we know for a fact that Venus is unable to harbor life at this point in time because it literally rains lead on Venus. Okay, like right. there's no question that uh, there's no life on Venus. Okay, on the surface of Venus at least, right. it rains lead. Okay, so terraforming Venus is a more likely option than terraforming Mars. And I think in that entire like topic, terraforming Venus instead of Mars. Can be a whole topic on its own, but like just thinking about the biology, like the difference in biology that we could have based on like how we evolved and whatnot. Like, think about it. Like aliens, right? Like if there are aliens and whatnot, would they have two eyes? Would they have two arms, two legs, or two, one torso? No, right? definitely not. Definitely not. Or would they? Is like. We never know. What if our form, like our like bipedal, two-arm, one-head form, is the most efficient way? What if it is? I know it's not, right. but like, what yeah, if it I, is? I'm like, it's not. And then they could have adapted in a... Because adaptation comes from environment. There could have been a, like... Imagine, like, it's a bit, like, hot or something, and then they're, like... They have, like, some kind of... Um, Okay, some kind of like a system, like cooling system in their body or something like that. Like that's different mm-hmm. than ours. Instead of like sweats or something like that, they have they have like different kind of. It could be anything. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely different. So, it can't be the same. Yeah. So, Charlie, what do you think about this? Like, we talked about so much. I'm still burping, by the way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, what do you think about it? We talked about so much. It's like this. There's life on different planets, there's great filters, there's possibility of like different forms of life. What do you think about this? Bro, I like how we started off like biology, basic biology, high school shit. And then we went off on great filters and all that through. Damn, that's crazy. <sighs> you know, I think I think that's now, really like, strange. The whole grade filter thing, right? That she just it it's damn interesting to think about, but at the same time, it's just it it's just damn scary. Like yeah, you're right. To know but, that a filter so basically, is Tarby, you're traumatized, love. By this episode, yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, my Friday night is ruined again. No, but yeah, but I mean, I the thing is, is interesting. I, I enjoy like this kind of theories and like paradoxes, so. Fine, but at the same time, it's a bit, you know, do I really need this at the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's nice, so, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, like Dude. I said, to to just know that something, like a, a filter of some sort is just awaiting, and that's when our doom is, it's like, damn, we, we would, I don't think we would ever realize, you know, even when we're yeah. close, that's the worst part. We no, wouldn't realize what that it is. End. That's the future. Like, literally, climate change, like, people didn't, like, entertain the idea of climate change until it was already getting so bad. Hmm? Like, the possibility of climate change isn't a bad thing until it was bad and people were like, oh, we got to change something about this. And by the way, when I was talking about inter- like the interplanetary travel and astronaut hitting Earth and whatnot, 
and not killing a percentage of the population. I don't mean that in like a great way. Oh yes, we we save fifty percent of the population. Oh, we save sixty six percent of the population. I don't mean that in a good way. Obviously, thousands of billions of families are killed at that that instance of time. It's a horrible yeah. thing, right? But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, still there's no but. It's horrible. In the grand scheme of things, there's no but in that statement. Okay, in the grand scheme of things, you are saving more lives than you are letting go for the better but at the same thing. time that is the whole better, thing the, this no. whole thing is just that like why do we have to even put ourselves in the first place where we have to do that a sac- like a sacrifice yeah. that scale you know mm-hmm. but the future is truly one of the most scariest things man I love you mm-hmm I mean, think about it. Okay? I mean, I know, I know that's something I say a lot, but that that's something I do a lot. I I think a lot. So whenever I'm trying to explain something to someone, I I like that's what I try to project onto them. I try to ask them to think, you know, like in the same context that I do. So if if I'm being repetitive on saying think a lot, and I'm sorry about that, but uh, yeah. just okay. try to understand. Okay, when you leave this earth, okay, and you start doing interplanetary or inter uh, interstellar or even intergalactic travel, okay. This is thousands of thousands of years of travel time, unless you have like a warp drive or wormhole creator or something like that. But this is thousands of thousands of years of travel, and if you're not cryogenically preserving yourself then that would mean you have to go through generations upon generations of uh, new, like, you have to go through the generations. This is called, this is what's called a generational space travel mission, basically. Mm-hmm. So, All right. several generations of your lineage is being passed on, and you are not, you are technically not the one reaching that planet. Your, 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 your lineage is reaching that planet. So your great, uh, yeah, your great, 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 great grandson is reaching the planet and you don't, okay? Mm-hmm. So in this time between your intergalactic travel, okay, who's to say that your biology doesn't change based on your environment? Right. No, for sure it will. It will change. I'm pretty sure that like that's something we can't say no to. Because when it comes to moving out of, because the reason our body is like this is because we are in this planet, right? Like at least to yeah. some degree. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when when a whole when you know time changes and whole generation is like born in a different whole planet with different everything, back to Earth. I wouldn't be surprised if those guys have wings or anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't think it'll be like that big. It will go through, and it depends on how long. Right? Like, mm-hmm. let's say maybe like 10 generations from now. 10 generations fully just born on, let's say, Neptune, what, Venus? Sure. So they could be purple at that point. Purple, purple humans. I mean, 
no uh no racial or like skin discrimination or whatever like purple humans oh, you are beautiful Thanos. in your own right you know <laughs> you are you're beautiful in your own right but like in the context of what we are now yeah. as humans where our skin colors are divided by uh certain hues purple is a very uh you know out of the box thing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so this this concept okay kind of stems from something that i saw okay it's called uh it, it's a very disgusting very uh very how do i say this it's, it's just disgusting okay right but it's a it's a project made by someone okay called all tomorrows okay mm-hmm. it's basically uh what life would be like uh, what human life would be like after they moved out of earth okay and they start this interstellar travel and all that and then what actually ends up happening is these humans they they start to change their form based on the biology like biology and the factors of the environment and stuff like that so they start to change their form to be more suitable for zero gravity or more suitable for colder climates and what not right but then uh, they meet this ancient race of uh, aliens and uh, basically these aliens didn't like us for whatever re- I, i mean i don't i 100% i don't see why you wouldn't like humans we got so much great things i mean <laughs> think about it man war bro uh, what else oil when an alien interaction the guy just does fortnite dance Oh, I I would see why the aliens would hate us. <laughs> <laughs> What's that to hate about us? We're all cool, bro. What the uh, Yeah, sure, man. We're all cool. There's nothing like, you know, I don't see any problems going on with two or more countries going at it with each other, you know. <laughs> But yeah. These ancient race of aliens, they didn't like us. Okay? So what they did was they basically so these ancient race aliens what they do is they genetically modified themselves to be perfect in space environment okay perfect in space environment and what they did to us was they genetically modified us to be disgusting to be mutilated to be perfect in our environment but horribly this figure like you wouldn't look at these things and say oh that's human you would mm. say oh there's a face there kind of looks like a human face but everything else is not human so right. there's there's this thing okay that there's one of these human uh, genetically modified human species in the thing called the colonials okay so what they are is this is like something that you would never ever think about okay so you think of a living being as walking around moving and just like i mean even a tree is a living being to you it doesn't look like uh it doesn't look disfigured or wrong or anything right like right it's a tree okay mm-hmm. but the colonials what they are is they are basically think of the pyramids of giza okay you know the big pyramids They're yeah. made of like bricks, right? They're made of these huge bricks, okay? Now replace those bricks with flesh and eyes. 
Right. What kind of vision is in your head right now? It's a pyramid made of bricks. But the bricks are not made of sandstone or like stone or anything. They're made of human flesh and eyes and oh, mouth. Stop, 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 I don't want to think about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so creepy, bro. It is. And if you look at the pictures, yes, there are pictures that this illustrator drew. You can see why, like, this kind of thing kind of makes sense as well. It's it makes sense in a biological sense, but it doesn't make sense in an ethical sense. You know, yeah. it it's just horrifying to think. And what if okay, going back to great filters, right? What if that is a great filter? <sighs> I was talking about an alien species that advanced so far ahead of us that they basically killed anything that was under them, right? Right. What if that kind of thing is a great filter? And that's a question for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. So that was like that was a really interesting like talk about yeah. I really yeah, heard the topic is like a lot of, of biology, a lot of interesting things. I really like that. Right. Just talking about a lot of just random stuff, basically. Tom, I think we're going to end it off today. So thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode of Broadcast. Uh, hope to see you guys in the next one. And bye-bye. Bye-bye.